This is a Reconstructionist radio production. Please visit calcedon.edu forward slash store to download this book or purchase a physical copy. Intellectual Schizophrenia Culture, Crisis and Education by Russus J. Rushduni. Copyright 1961, Dorothy Rushduni and the Rushduni Irrevocable Trust. Calcedon, Ross House Books. Appendix 3. Coercion and the Christian School The Christian school is not to be confused with a parochial school, in that it is not an adjunct of the church, but the creation of an independent school society, formed by interested parents in terms of particular Christian and educational standards. Various church bodies have, however, taken an active interest in furthering and promoting the school as a matter of principle, and in the firm and worthy conviction that the child is a responsibility, not of the state, but of the parents. The churches have felt so strongly about this that they have felt it their responsibility to remind parents that children do not belong to Caesar and that statist education is ultimately anti-Christian. All this is excellent, But the problem arises as some churches exert an element of coercion on parents to further attendance. There is no disciplinary or coercive action taken by the church, but some pressure by the officers and the families to enter their children in the Christian school. In some instances, churches report to their official bodies the percentage of families whose children are entered in the Christian school, very often 100%. While the teaching aspect is the valid and necessary responsibility of the church, that is, to instruct parents in the implications of stated education and of godly education, the recruitment or enlistment is entirely the function of the school society. The greater majority are clearly in favour of Christian education. The minority usually fret and then go along because of social pressure, fretting because their unwillingness to bear a double load to the public schools through taxes and the Christian school intuition. These unwilling parents become a drag on the school society. Anxious to keep down expenses, they are niggardly and grudging in financial matters, always faintly hostile, but not honest enough to say why. As a result, the school society, although in some instances having a wealthy constituency, finds itself with limited funds and teachers underpaid, simply because an unhappy minority, unwilling to oppose a pastor and church officers, chooses to take it out in the school instead. The school society, as a voluntary organisation, operates on a radically more economical basis than the public school in building, operational, administrative and maintenance costs. On this basis it can still produce superior results. But, if even in a small measure, the principle of coercion enters into the Christian school, its basic strength is compromised. The school society, through its parent members, is the best agency for recruitment. To maintain the integrity, vitality and strength of the society, unconvinced or unwilling members need to be dropped. The actively interested parents are often members who contribute over and above their tuition fees in order that other children may be included in the school. They are ready to give time and money to the furtherance of the school and every aspect of its functions. Of themselves, they are capable of producing and do produce 
a strong school and an advanced standard of education. While the unhappiness of those who fret as a double taxation is understandable, their presence in this school society is detrimental and can undercut the strength of the Christian school. This has often been the case. In some schools, excellent teachers have become discouraged at their failure to make enough to live on and have been compelled to resign, and capable and dedicated parents have become discouraged at their difficulty in furthering something so zealously begun. The interference of the church on behalf of the school brings an increase to the school, but does not prosper it. Both for the school and the church, the results will be better if the element of pressure is completely eliminated by the church. A parent ready to make concession to status education is no gain to a school society, and its existence is to him, in a sense, a luxury, not a necessity. If, as the Christian school maintains, it is an independent domain and separate from state and church, and an expression of Christian society, and most closely linked with the family, then it must maintain its independence or surrender its integrity. This by no means precludes close ties with the institutional church, but it does preclude a subsidiary status. In any society, great or small, as the measure of coercion rises, the sense of responsibility diminishes. As men find themselves able to surrender authority to the state, church or school, both their irresponsibility increases and their complaints. Very often in authoritarian societies, cynical humour, complaining and bickering are irresponsible man's only ways of asserting his superiority to the foolish authorities without assuming any share of responsibility himself. Such cynicism and complaining exists not as true protest, but as a form of compliance. It is not a sign of health, but of radical sickness. Neither educators nor churchmen can hope to gain respect if they create such a coercive situation, nor can they hope to further responsibility. On the other hand, the independence of the Christian school cannot be read as the self-sufficiency of the school in the matters of government. The church cannot be the servant of the home. It is itself a manifestation also of the kingdom. But neither can it create an independent hierarchy and deny the rights of the parents. Sphere sovereignty is not sphere autonomy. And independence, in any healthy sense, means interdependence also. The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows. Or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce, including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit ReconstructionistRadio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His Kingdom.